Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of the Sunny Side Up podcast. Uh, this is your host, Sunny Chavla, and uh, I'm joined here with my two friends, Chris and Will. So if you guys want to just introduce yourself, uh, Chris first. Uh, hey, guys, I'm Chris. Uh, I'm currently a sophomore at UF, and some of my background on like cars and stuff like that. Started with a Kia Soul, probably not the best <laughs> car to start with, but I upped my game, and now I, I drive a Velostrand, so you know, it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Uh, what's up, everyone? My name is Will. I'm currently a junior at Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Um, started off with a Ram 1500, switched to a Focus ST, and now I have a Tacoma. Quite the uh, role background there. Um, different ends, but hey, it meets up. So um, speaking of vehicles, we are going to be talking about cars this episode, um, specifically the new wave of the automobile. Um, so the first thing that I do want to talk about earlier this week, um, it was released, uh, was the 992 Porsche GT3. Um, for a lot of car enthusiasts, Porsche is one of the biggest um, companies as far as you know driving, uh, just focused on the driver itself. So um, horsepower, just, just a couple different numbers, uh, 502 horsepower, um, 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds. And an MSRP of a hefty hundred and seventy thousand dollars. So uh, pocket change. Yeah. So what's what's your guys' takes on that? I mean, I it's mean, a porch, bro. Porsche, you know. And honestly, <laughs> like for the price, it's it's a lot of car. Like compared to like what you get from like Ferrari, Lambo. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of, it's it is on the cheaper end. Like obviously, one hundred seventy thousand dollars is not cheap, but especially yeah. for like those numbers, it's not that bad in Porsche's aspect. Or spectrum, you know what I mean? And yeah. it still comes in a manual, hundred percent worth it. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, like I was, I was taking a look at the video the last night of the um, the the nine nine two GT three running the Nurburgring, um, and it finished it. So the older model finished it in about I think seven twenty or something like that. Seven minutes in the seven minute range, and this one finished it in under seven minutes. So I mean, a huge vast improvement. They were using the the PDK transmission and everything, but um, I think it's I think it's a pretty cool concept of really just a track oriented daily supercar or just sports car for that matter. So it brings. I, oh, go ahead. Um, I don't know. I don't know much about Porsche or like this car, but it kind of just looks like another Porsche. You know what I mean? Like I don't really yeah. feel like visually there's much going on. Um, the rear end just looks a little bit thicker i guess you'd say yeah i mean there's just a lot of added arrow to it a lot of like yeah. the, the spoiler that you see is uh it functions kind of like uh, a mclaren wing where it's just it's like downward hung it's it's crazy with just their aerodynamical um, aspect and going along with that line of you saying that it looks like any other porsche um brings me to my next uh, question for you guys um the 911 gt3 or the turbo s so the turbo s is kind of known as the um the the crown jewel of porsche um a lot of the rich guys have it because it combines comfort with performance that they'll never ever ever use um it comes in with a zero to 60 of 2.2 seconds 640 horsepower and quite the the hefty i mean in porsche money not as much but two hundred and three thousand dollars starting price if you were to go to your local dealership they'd probably have one specced out for closer to two hundred and thirty thousand but all it adds is, I mean, all it adds is uh, twin turbos, um, four-wheel drive it, uh, compared to the GT3's rear-wheel drive. And it's more of a uh, comfort-oriented top-of-the-line Porsche compared to 
the the gt3 which is straight hell breaks loose track so which one would you guys be taking uh i mean personally i think i would take the gt3 just because i'm pretty you can't correct me if i'm wrong but you can't get the turbo s in a manual can you um i think you can let me actually take a look at that i thought i you could. i mean if you could like it's kind of a no-brainer to go with turbo s i guess but i just think the gt3 would be more of like what porsches as like a brand you know what i mean like Whenever I think of Porsche, yeah. I mean, unless you're thinking about like SUVs, like the Cayenne or like the Cayenne and stuff like that, or like the Panamera, mm-hmm. like I don't really think like, oh, I'm gonna get a Porsche because I want like a luxury car, you know? Yeah, and so um, I just looked it up. It looks like all manual 992s have the steering mode dynamic switch. They also have what looks like to be a seven-speed manual. Seven-speed. Is that for yeah. the 992, or are you talking? Okay. Yes, that's for the 992. Gotcha. And like, I, I, cause I, I know for a fact, cause I've been kind of looking into it, you know, once I'm, um, once Isn't I'm the done with my little... the Carrera, the 992 is the whole generation. So it's but like, see, I only see the Carrera in a manual. Okay. So it, it might just be the Carrera. Um, look, cause I know for a fact that a lot of the turbo S's that I've seen on YouTube, they all have that little tiny stick PDK. So it, mo- it, it could just be that the, um, uh, that it is a PDK and, um, yeah, like the reason why I thought it was a manual is because back when I, I would look into getting a 997 Turbo S, all of them were manuals. So, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't carry it on. Um, and that might be a topic for another episode. But, um, yeah, that's just – it sucks that they don't have a manual, that you have to go for the harder end or the lower end compared to the automatic. But it does appeal to the audience. Yeah. So, um now moving on to the next topic, uh, talking uh, appealing to the audience. Um, Want to bring up electric vehicles? This has been a huge craze ever since we've gotten into 2021. Um, specifically, Porsche, um, along with their little Audi AG company or Volkswagen AG company, um, this one right here, the Porsche Taycan, it's been turning heads. I've seen a couple in person. I've fallen in love with it. Um, but uh, there's quite a different uh, amount of competition and different spectrums of competition that we see here. So this one, obviously, the Taycan um, ranges from 429 horsepower to 616 MSRP of north of 100 grand. Um, but depending on which model you get, if you want to go to get the base model, closer to a four second zero to 60. The turbo, which to me doesn't really make much sense, would be a three-second, or you can just pay the extra premium and just go full out with the Turbo S. 2.4 seconds, 0 to 60. That's that's insane. What are you guys' thoughts on this car? I mean, um, it, I think it's a pretty cool car. I've seen a few videos, and they look insanely fast. Like, the actual speedometer can't even keep up with the acceleration of the car in some of the videos I've seen. Um, so they seem like pretty cool cars. Not a not a huge fan of the electric. Though. Like I don't know about you guys, but if I'm buying a Porsche, I want that like uh, that sound that comes with the Porsche. You know what I mean? Yep, the the straight six sound. I, I agree with that. Like if I'm gonna buy a Porsche, I'm definitely gonna want to hear my Porsche. But if I was more in an electric car market and just buying a Porsche to have the Porsche, then yeah, this I mean it's a lot cheaper and it's a great car from everything that I've seen or heard about them. Uh, I kind of agree. I mean, honestly. Probably not, maybe not like the most popular opinion. I'd still think I'd take a Model S over mm. Taycan. Yeah, especially and... with especially with the Model S like plaid or plaid. I'm not sure how you say it. Yeah, plaid. I think with that coming out too, like 
it makes those numbers look like slow you know i'm gonna have to agree with chris on this one if it was between this or a model s i definitely yeah and, and i that's where that's where it comes in with the, the lot of electric car talk i mean every company it seems is going from straight gas powered vehicles to all electric a lot of companies porsche like Audi, the mustang yeah yeah we'll, we'll talk uh, about that in just a little bit but, but with porsche volkswagen audi volvo etc they're all pledging to go all electric by 2025 and for me i mean it mm -hmm. seems a great stride but i feel like they should do something kind of like how um audi is doing and they're so what audi's plan is is to have by 2025 20 new models that are strictly electric so the transition isn't super abrupt kind of like how porsche's is because um porsche what they're doing also is they're turning the cayman which is their little entry level smaller sports car their next generation cayman is going to be fully electric only they're not going to have really? a gas powered option yeah so it's uh wow. um it's it's it looks kind of like the tycon with like a little bit more of a sloped back and um f in the chat boys yeah exactly so it, it really really sucks that they're going into all electric they're not kind of creating a more of a a bend compared to just a straight drop so um, alongside the Taycan, the Turbo, or the uh, Tesla Model S, uh, you've got this new thing that was just announced two days ago: the McLaren Artura, um, 671 horsepower, uh, 225 grand. It's the premium that you would pay for a McLaren, zero to sixty in three seconds. Um, have you guys heard about this car already, or no? Not at all. Uh, I've seen it on Instagram. Haven't really looked into it too much. So, can you guys guess what kind of? Um, so it's obviously a hybrid electric car, but which do you know like what kind of displacement it puts like if it's like a v8 or v6 or inline four do you guys know which, what that is i do know it's a v6 yeah so <laughs> it's it's for for it to be a v6 hybrid um i mean what are you guys' thoughts on that would you guys rather have a full you know lithium ion battery in your mclaren or would you guys rather have it as a a traditional but semi-traditional with you know the exhaust pipes but it's still a hybrid well, I mean, they have it not hybrid. So look at like the LaFerrari and like the P1 though. Like people went crazy for those when they first came out. Mm -hmm. But granted, Billy... they are like the like the what was it called like the trifecta of like hypercars. So... Exactly, and that's your keyword hypercar. They're all like V10s and V12s and stuff compared to, I mean, this. Is but it's still V6. the same technology. Like when you get to it, I mean, the the Ford GT was a V6. That is true. EcoBoost, that's right. And um, along with this, Ferrari's also testing out a car. They have like a 488 test mule, and um, they've codenamed it, I think, something like the 486 or something is what it might be called. That's also a V6 hybrid. So do you guys think that, I mean, $225,000 is a grand price for cars at the moment, and I've kind of pledged to myself that I don't think once in my life am I going to buy a car that's greater than $200,000 that I'm just going to spend out of pocket. If, it, if anything, if it might have the value and it might just be used or something like that. But would you guys think that this price range or this kind of car would serve good for a car company that is focused on supercars and stuff like that? Because, you know, McLaren, Ferrari, Lamborghini is probably going to come out with one too of just v6 hybrids do you think that pe consumers are going to say okay you know i'll take the the smaller end v6 just to say that i have a lamborghini or do you think that it's going to be enough of the hype to where they're just going to eventually leave stuff like the aventador and the huracan out of the picture and they're just going to focus on these smaller hybrid supercars 
Um, so I'll be honest. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really in the market for a Lamborghini <laughs> at the moment, so I have no idea what like the actual target audience of this advertisement and development would be. And I don't really have the mindset of any of those people because I don't think at any time in my life am I going to be willing to spend over 150k, let alone a hundred thousand dollars on a car, um, unless I'm like suddenly get super wealthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, I'll be honest. I am a McLaren fanboy. But <laughs> just putting that out there, I I don't know. For two hundred twenty-five thousand, just take a look at like uh, other McLarens in their lineup, like the five seventy S, three point eight liter V eight, one hundred ninety-two grand, you're saving like thirty grand right there. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe it's not like the most, like the newest tech or whatever. But also, I don't know. I don't know if I would trust McLaren with even more tech than they try to put in already like <laughs> the 720 it goes up into flames yeah oh the speed uh yeah what Ooh. was it the p1s uh, or not the, the, P1s, the, uh, the senna's senna's yeah that's what it was uh yeah i don't know 720s a mess i would still probably own one if i ever get to that level of money but <laughs> you know definitely be used so if if i was going to spend this much money would i really want to pick a mclaren at least to me at least to me an Aston martin would be more appealing appealing yeah. to purchase um i mean if, if you're looking at like the g like mclaren gt is probably more in line with like what aston martin's trying to do so yeah and, and i agree with that and aston martin is kind of funny that you bring them up because they're kind of struggling and you know that's going to be a topic for yeah i've heard later that on but they've like so recently i heard that they were going to be talking about building some sort of condo or like mass-produced yeah, condo it was a, it was, yeah like a skyscraper and, yeah, and basically, if you buy one of like the bigger suites, you get a Aston Martin DBX with it. If you buy the topmost penthouse, you get the final Aston Martin Vulcan that was made. The catch but it's is, in, it's in the, it's inside, it's, in the it's inside the penthouse, and on top of that, the Vulcan's not even a road legal car. Yeah, it's track only. Like, like what are you gonna do with this? I mean, it is there you as kind of like a symbol. It's yeah. definitely just a flex. Like, it, it really flex. Flex. imagine walking into an apartment and seeing a Vulcan. Like, it's yeah. just like a, how the how do they get that there? And then <laughs> B, it's just the fact that you own one. While I mean, while we're kind of on the topic, are you guys a DB11 fans? Uh, yeah, DB11. I and do DBS. like the DB11. I'm a I'm I, a fanboy for the DB11. If I'm being real, <laughs> yeah, I honestly yeah. feel like I would get a like an older Vanquish though. I, I would really? get either an older Vanquish or even the newer Vantage, like the Vantage AMR. I would I would definitely go towards that line because they the DB11 kind of it, it it surprises me in some way. Of course, it's a very nice Grand Tour, you know, at, at that price range, but. Like I was watching a, an episode of the Grand Tour where uh, Jeremy Clarkson took the DBS Superleggera, which is the step up from the DB11, and Richard Hammond had the Continental GT, and James May had the M850i. If I had that kind of money, I'm probably gonna either put it in the Continental GT because of how nice it is. If I'm gonna get a Grand Tour, it's gonna be strictly luxury and you know obviously power there too. But if I am not going to spend that money at a Grand Tour even that much of a db11 i'm gonna go down towards like the 100 120 grand range and buy myself probably a nice s class or an m850i or something like that i just feel like it's it's a weird medium it's just one of those like oh i have money to throw away so let me just 
buy a DB11 because it it has you know everything I need. But for the tech and for the interior and stuff, I I don't know if I would if I would straight up go for that. All right, so I think, let me throw you a question. Yeah. So talk go throwing it back to the the Atua or however you say it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So between that, you said 225 MSRP. Yeah. Would you rather have that? Or a DB11 V12 for 245. If you pick anything but the DB11, you're insane. <laughs> I mean, definitely the DB11 at that point. Um, I mean, if you're giving me a choice between those two cars, the Arturo is cool, but once again, I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm like, oh, I hate V6s and supercars. That's definitely like not what it is. But if I can get, well, you said a V12, right? Or V10? Yeah, so, well, they have a V8 and a V12. I was just throwing out the V12. Yeah. The, I mean, v8, v- the V8's at 205, so you'd save money if you went with a V8. I, I w- if I'm going to do a DB11, I would do it right. There's no point in me spending what? that much on a car for me for me to, yeah, it, it, there's no point for me to do that, to spend that much on a car for me to go right. for the for the base space V8. Like, I, I'm going to, right. I'm going to spend that much money. I'm going to go up on the higher end and get the v12 but like i mean i get you're already spending a lot of money but like that extra forty thousand, that's like two toyota camrys like that's like that's like another bag that you're I mean, dropping I mean, if, if, I'm, if i'm already if i'm already in the position of spending two hundred thousand dollars or something like that oh but 245 a lot bigger than 205 sunny yeah that's let me throw you out some more figures right yeah v12 630 horsepower 630 horsepower for the v12 uh-huh the V8's 503. You're not even getting that much. You're like, you get the V12 sound, you're but again, it's turbos. Yeah. So you're losing some of that sound. That's that's very, very true. That's a mistake, boys. I don't know. All right, I here's mean, the thing, though. End of the day, use R8 is my way. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, so, so, so we'll, 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 we'll scratch back on onto the electric car topic. Oh, boys. Um, the... I'm moving off topic here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Guess you saw a Urus today. Oh, okay. Dude, what do you think? Are, yeah, it was gorgeous, bro. Turn my head in traffic. So, so talking about the Urus, um, so you've seen that, and have you ever seen a Bentega? No. So Not a fan. Do you know what the Bentega is, Will? Uh, vaguely? It, it's basically the, the Bentley SUV. So with those two cars, they are some of the oh, top okay. that two yeah so they're yeah. they're one of the top <laughs> twos or some of the top models for off-roading some people in costa rica i believe it was took all like everyone took their bentegas and they went deep deep off-roading and the the bentegas were more than capable the Urus in Costa Rica really quick I mean <laughs> I I don't know but uh, it was I was in Saudi Arabia I mean they probably I've seen I see obviously I feel like everybody's seen those Instagram videos of like people like in the sand dunes and like yeah. I've definitely seen like a Urus and Bentegas there exactly and, and, <laughs> and like that's that's my point it's just like for that kind of money it's Get a Tacoma, bro. like <laughs> yeah, I would probably hey, spend 50 grand I mean that's what you see in Saudi Arabia is those Nissan patrols and you see them oh jumping. yeah like I'd rather just get one of those instead of you know having to spend money on maintenance and stuff like I could probably just fix the the patrol in my backyard or in my you also know that the patrol driveway. is like a like a like a peasant car <laughs> out there compared to like what people roll around in saudi yeah that's fair 
but I mean, if I'm going to be doing, if, if off-roading is my main concern, AKA driving through the sand dunes, blasting Arab music, then, you know, I'm definitely going to go for the, for the Nissan patrol. But if it's, if I'm going straight for a flex, I mean, even if I am going off-roading, I'll take the patrol only for it to have, or only for me to have, I don't know, like a La Ferrari or something in my garage. Like you that's know, fair. if people know my name and they see me driving in a patrol, they're going to think the patrol is cool. That's how I guess influencing works. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not to make a statement, Granted, but these are all situations that probably will never happen. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so moving back to something that is a little bit more realistic. Yeah. <laughs> so moving to something that is a little bit more realistic. The Audi e-tron GT was just uh, spotted, I guess, ready for like, getting sent out they've finally discussed the figures and stuff like that um with a full launch control you can get 523 horsepower zero to 60 happens anywhere between three and a half and four seconds and the msrp for the middle range model is about 99 grand with federal rebates of about seven grand so you can maybe 90 grand base probably you're going to end up spending closer to 110 and and that brings me to the question of like when we're talking about all these electrical electric vehicles you see these horsepower figures are absolutely insane you know like a car that is a four-door coupe looking you know car that would the equivalent would probably be like an s5 or something the s5 i've seen so many of those here in florida and i have not seen one person just absolutely gun it using all four to 500 horsepower whatever they have in their car like i have not seen them use it i don't see people that are going to mass buy this car or mass buy the 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 tycon i don't see them like fully putting out the 600 horsepower whatever so i feel like for people to to to, if they're gonna buy a certain model they should have like like a boomer spec or something like that, that has like <laughs> like boomer little spec. little horsepower because they're never going to use it like i mean what are you guys' thoughts on that like them having high it's horsepower. for the flex bro it's for the flex. I, yeah i agree with that and i mean uh you remember when the tesla roadster first came out right <laughs> yeah yeah so like i feel like it's i feel like these companies like audi and porsche are really just showing like what they can do and then will bring that technology to a car that's more affordable like what tesla did with the model x or not the model x the model y and the model 3 so mm-hmm. i think it's maybe in the next like the upcoming years we'll probably see like maybe like an a3 go electric or even like a 3 series go electric yeah and, and that's actually the next slide here is the i4 which is the force the, the four series looks it looks it looks very very bad yeah and, let's wrap that one up with that one um, <laughs> yeah <whoa. laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so basically um a couple more questions here why choose electric vehicles over gas like you have gas stations that are all around the world compared to electric charging ports which are only in populated areas and the gas-powered cars are cheap i mean you find the cheapest the cheapest electric car is probably going to be a chevy bolt and that's like 23 grand compared to you know like a toyota corolla which would probably have more space and more reliability and i think the cheapest gas car care. is like a like a mitsubishi like whatever oh yeah whatever true. it's like so, it's like 10 grand like new and, and even still like like you saw with the with the mitsubishi it was like very very um capable i guess you could say with are you talking with, about georgia yeah georgia when, when we went up to georgia I mean, like yeah we had a rental car that was like a mitsubishi outlander sport 
I never had the greatest like view on Mitsubishi. Still hasn't really changed it after that. But, you know, <laughs> it, I don't know. It, but it, it, that, car, that car was pro- that car was probably like what eighteen grand like base. Probably maybe maybe twenty cl- closer to like seventeen eighteen because I know. But like... how how are they saving half a car? Like yeah, seven grand that they're cutting off. Like, yeah, like it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. So I mean, like I mean, granted, Mitsubishi is going out of business. So yeah. <laughs> actually, they're not. They they actually just recently struck a partnership with Nissan. They're Nissan hey, Rogue. Ever is, since they ever since they killed the Evo, I, I agree. I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. And that's bottom line for Mitsubishi. Also, with Nissan, Nissan is not the best. Evo is not what people make it out to be. <laughs> no, nah, not a, not a, not a big Evo guy. I'm being real. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were the guy who drove the Focus ST. So, but um, going back to this question, what do you guys think about EV? Like, like if you were an EV buyer, why choose EV over gas? Is it strictly just for the I'm trying to you know save the world type of thing, or is it like the belief that that like you're saving more money on gas? Like, like because I mean, I was doing some calculations earlier, and to buy like a I don't know, like a Model S 85 or something, you have to go solar because you're going to end up spending more money like with with getting all the electrical bills and everything. That's why they're saying like the footprint is so much worse if you own an electric car. And then on top of that, you know, you've got maintenance, you've got like time that you have to spend charging all that. Like, you know, like what's what's the craze of, of EV cars over gas-powered cars? I mean, I know especially for like early adopters like tesla they got like the free supercharging and they have like that supercharger network mm-hmm. not sure how it is how it like transfers over to like the used market if you were to buy like a model s like second hand but i know now like for model 3 and model y they like there's a tr- like a some sort of fee i don't think it's i'm not sure like how it works i haven't really looked into it but i really think it's just mainly like the availability of like new technologies that people are like you know what like this is probably gonna be the future like why not i like people that need a new car like now they're like why not like just go for an electric car versus staying with gas well granted i don't think gas is going away like anytime soon like yeah. i'm sure we're gonna have quite a few years where gas is still like the dominant like power source we use for cars at least mm-hmm yeah, and that's uh, not even talking about like how like truck like trucking industry is going like hydro or like what is it hydro the hydrogen hydrogen power cells thank you yeah and like they're not even going electric so like granted how are we supposed to know electric is like the next step you know like maybe we're skipping a couple steps and we're going too far ahead but i mean the biggest the biggest thing for me was um i got to ride in a tesla twice now and the biggest thing for me that I kind of notice about electric cars is kind of just the comfort and the smoothness of the, the ride itself. So if I was going to look for something that uh, I just like plan on driving easily around and just trying to like be comfortable and then it would make complete sense to me. Um, Cause even like my mom's like $70,000 BMW is not anywhere compared to it um, for something smooth and comfortable like that. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think another thing is that like, Oh, I lost it. <laughs> uh, it'll come back to me in a couple minutes. That's fair. So um, I'm going to actually move on. And this is something that's more of Will's topic here because I, want, I wanted to incorporate a little bit more of, of his topic here. Um, so we all know that there's a lot of things going on with the whole revolutionizing of 
cars. Um, you know, we start back in 1800s, 1900s with the first car being made, as well as, you know, the first flights and stuff as well. Then we move on over here to self-driving cars, electric cars, and possibly, although I think it's very, very dumb, flying cars. So <laughs> things to factor in with this are price, the feasibility of a whole flying car or anything like this. Um, will cars overtake air travel? Because the way that I see it, I don't think car companies will be able to drive airlines to the ground. Like even the biggest air company, you know, like Delta, Southwest, whatever you might have, it, they're at, they have too many flights coming and they have too many destinations to go to that you can't really reach. And although, you know, we don't have flying cars yet, I just don't think they'll ever come in because we're already fighting the whole argument of electric cars and people are already talking about it taking over air travel. Yeah, I mean, short answer, I don't ever think that cars will overtake air travel in any sort of way. Um, I'm not I'm not involved in the industry. I'm still in college. I'm just a low hour commercial pilot right so um for me personally i don't i just from what i'm learning in class and once again i go to school for aeronautical science and the actual trend of travelers and passengers throughout the decades in aviation is just like a like a skyrocket like it's insane um it won like uh in 2017 to 2018 it went up like nearly 60 million passengers not too sure about the accuracy of that but it's like crazy jumps every year. Obviously, it took a hit during COVID, but it's something that the industry is kind of built around is taking these big economic depressions. Granted, a lot of people lose their jobs. Airlines kind of lose a lot of business and stuff like that. Um, but it always recovers. Like, I believe in 2018, it was like 402 million passengers. Um, I just don't ever see that being overtaken by cars with the convenience of air travel and the time. That's fair. And for for engineers or for drivers or for pilots how do you think their careers are going to be affected i mean like right now obviously it's at full swing because you know there's so much going on in both air travel i mean just manufacturing airplanes as well as manufacturing cars and as well as testing those cars testing those planes um and and flying people all around the world you've got so many jobs that are available do you think it's going to take a hit or do you think it's going to expand as we move later on in time Ooh, um so kind of kind of building off of that talking about like engineering like new developments of technology and everything uh one of the biggest thing that like poses a threat to i guess workers in the aviation industry would be like the automation of not only like um like on-ground procedures like luggage and fueling and stuff like that but also the automated automation of flight like cockpits um that's like one of the big things that people talk about when they're talking about going to Embry riddle and it's actually funny that Embry riddle is one of the leaders in the world for the development of like fully autonomous cockpits as they're training like the most pilots of anywhere in the world so it's kind of like a funny um i don't even know how to paradox because they're training two competing industries at the same time um but I don't know. I don't. I think that it's just going to keep expanding. There's so many open availabilities throughout the rapid expansion of this industry, not only in the aviation industry but automobile industry. That I don't ever see like the expansion slowing, even in a um, economic or global hardship such as like the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, the industry still continue to expand at some extent um, throughout it. So I just don't ever see it taking that big of a hit. That's fair. 
So um, I'm going to close this out uh, with just one question for you both. Um, the future is coming and, you know, we're, we're 19, 20, tw like 20 years old. Um, in the next five to seven years, we're going to be on our own after college and everything. So for the next reasonable amount of years, um, you guys got the choice of two cars uh, that you're going, that you'd be able to, you know, drive to the ground or enjoy or whatever, which ones and why? Oh, that's, that's a easy one. answer, boys. Easy okay, answer. Go ahead. All right. I, I get to pick two cars, any cars. Yeah. Right. GT350, GT350 R. Not a doubt. Okay. Picking that car. Going. All right. Hey, <laughs> I got to stay true. And a Tacoma. No doubt. No. So no you're going to go with a TRD Pro? Nah, bro. Those are like overrated. Nah, nah really? they're not worth the price. Oh, I would get an off-road, TRD off-road. Pros, pros, the only difference from what I understand is just um, a few technological things, which is nothing major, and then suspension, which if you're going to buy a TRD off-road, you're probably going to go and change out the suspension to what you want anyways for a much cheaper price. That's fair. That's so I want to get a 350R before they get rid of them. And and why a 350R and not a 350? Because as far as I know, I know the 350R adds the carbon fiber wheels, it mm -hmm. adds the spoiler, and it's literally specifically for track. I'm you answered your own question right there. Okay, so so you're going to be taking it to the track. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Also, hold up, sorry. What about the GT500? Why not a GT500? You're insane if you'd pick the 500 over 350. Really? I don't care. You're insane. Ooh, automatic. <laughs> nah, yeah. No, it's a dual clutch, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not. I if you were like handing me keys, 500 or 350, just because of my own personal bias, I'll definitely pick a 350 any day of the week. Uh, not only for like the manual aspect, but just the the atmosphere of the 350. You know what I mean? That's, that's fair. fair. And Chris, you? Ah, this is this is tough, bro. Uh, I'm thinking. So one of them. So I want to go into real estate, right? And like renovations and like property management so i feel like i need at least like an suv or something like that uh see if i was keeping it long term yeah right here if i wasn't keeping it long term probably some sort of range rover just because <laughs> a the status symbol and the ability to like take clients around in a range rover like i feel like it's a pretty nice experience but i also don't want to deal with like maintenance on that so, <laughs> so at least <laughs> Yeah, probably lease a Range Rover, right? Uh, honestly, probably a Model Y. Actually, like, I probably won't be towing anything. I, even though I, I still, I think you can tow with a Model Y. Don't quote me on that, but <laughs> I think it has enough space for like what I want to do with it. And again, just the factor of like being able to take clients around in it would be pretty easy. And the second car would probably be like a like a fun car. But I'm still like I'm torn. Like, there's so many cool cars that like. I'd love to own. I feel uh, like I mean for for like mind you, this is for like the next reasonable amount of years. So it's not like when you're oh 40. oh so, this okay. is this is like so I, yeah. oh, I would just keep my <laughs> I would just keep my current car the Velocity N. Okay, easy. that's that's fair. Hey, uh, yeah. Well, did you want did you want to change that 350R to something? Yeah, no. man, I the 350R. All right, man, man's going bigger going home. And for me personally, um, big German guy, I already know out of college I'm going to be getting an that's E92 the M3. <laughs> and uh i think so i think i'll have the e92 m3 as the as the daily uh quite reliable um maintenance is i mean not easy but it's capable i can you know, i can get my hands dirty and i think my second car would definitely be a 
uh, SUV of some sort, probably either a GL 550. But if I don't want to go that big, I probably would go for the next one up, which has some reliability issues. But fuck it, the um, the X5M. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I think we covered a lot, guys. Uh, I do appreciate you guys hopping on here with me, and uh, of course we're gonna have you up for some future episodes where we talk about cars. We can talk about you know, culture, yeah, lifestyle, and episode. stuff. What was that? Give me a plane episode. Plane yeah. episode. Oh, it's just like straight from yeah. We we can straight plans, baby. We, we can just. I won't know plans. anything. <laughs> maybe, that's maybe, gotta be with cars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we can talk about you can, buying a plane. Exactly, with. exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So, uh, with that said, guys, uh, thank you so much, uh, and thank you, the listeners, for listening and um, tuning in to the Sunny Side Up podcast. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode.